Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Don't worry. Second hour of the night shift here on 610 Sports Radio, the Odyssey app. However you choose to listen, we thank you. My name's Christian Ocero, joined by Jed Marshall. Keeping this thing rolling along. Special thanks to Ron Cobb for joining us in the uh, last half hour. If you missed it, we will play it again for you at 8.30. I think he had a lot of great things to say about preseason game number one. A lot of interesting things about where this roster is going to go. I, like I said, I, I've said this many times before. There's a lot of uncertainty about this year. And some of y'all got mad at me uh, in the last hour because I said that, you know, expect the best but be prepared for the worst because there's a lot of uh, uncertainty about this team. But I am incredibly excited about where they're going. I have not been this excited for preseason football as I am this year. I know right now they're on NFL Network. They're playing the uh, Patriots and Giants game. And I've been peeking it a little bit. Last time I saw the score, the uh, the Patriots were ahead seven to three, but it's probably changed now. It's a little bit high scoring for for preseason football, actually, because usually these pre these preseason games don't have a ton of scoring. So, um, but yeah, I'm incredibly excited. I'm gonna do like it's like a mini pool party. I'm going to Saturday for this game. Uh, uh, it'll be a little small get together, but I, I'm excited about this. And uh, I will be tweeting about this all all throughout the game. And I'm going to be watching it from start to finish because I, I generally don't get into preseason football that much. But this is just such an interesting time. I will say I will say this, though. Last Saturday, our guy, Dick Vermeil, got inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And... It was a his speech was incredibly long. He they only get six minutes to do these damn speeches. I think he spoke for like at least twenty, maybe even thirty. It just like the broadcast was supposed to end at one thirty, and it didn't end till two because he just kept thanking everybody. He and he didn't thank every single person he could have thanked. He actually left out a lot of names. He kept saying, "Oh man, I I I feel I wish I could thank more people," and then he just kept thanking more people. It was just uh, it was just an, an amazing thing to hear. Um, but he did come out and thank Kansas City for the time that he had with the the team here. Here is Dick Vermeil giving Kansas City just a little bit of love. Ladies and gentlemen, 
Kansas City Chief people, Kansas City fans, the Kansas City people are the most passionate and compassionate combination of fans I've ever been around. They were so, so great to represent, and, and Lamar and all you people, and, and Carl who brought me there. Thank all of you. Thank the Hall of Famers here. I see Tony Sittenberg, Mr. Rofe sitting right here. You know how much smarter I got when uh, Marshall Falk showed up in, in, in St. Louis? That's amazing how much better coach I became. But anyway, thank all you Hall of Famers. Harold Carmichael, where are you, buddy? Hey, we're hooked at the hip. Kurt Warner, his story is true. Where would I be without Kurt Warner? I wouldn't be standing here. So, gosh, thank you for the contributions all of you guys made. Isaac Bruce, Isaac Bruce, he's in here already. Thank you for the contributions you made to my career and all the rest of you. God bless you. That's like 2% of the people that he thanked on uh, on last Saturday. He literally just kept thanking everybody. His high school team, his college team, all everybody with the three pro organizations that he that he was the head coach for. He thanked everybody. But hidden in that chorus of thank yous was a great point he made. And he made it even better after, you know, towards the end of his speech where he advocated for guys like Marty Schottenheimer, like Dan Reeves, to get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And a lot of those guys have been up for debate for a while now about their worthiness of getting into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I agree with Dick Vermeil. Guys like Marty Schottenheimer, Dan Reeves, and other coaches who have not won Super Bowls should be in the Hall of Fame. A Super Bowl should not be the the barrier of entry for getting into the Hall of Fame as a head coach. Because as Dick Vermeil said in that clip, he said he got a hell of a lot better when he got Marshall Falk on his team. He got a hell of a lot better when he got Tony Gonzalez on his team. He got a hell of a lot better when he had Isaac Bruce and Torrey Holt. It is hard to be a head coach in the NFL when you don't have talent. Andy Reid has coached so many great players in his career. So many great players in his career. He might have the best quarterback of all time on his team. He has coached some of the best safeties, the best receivers, best running backs. Quarterbacks, offensive linemen, pass rushers. He has had so much great talent. There are there are, he he is going to have so many guys in the Hall of Fame just because they were with him. But they benefited him just as much as he benefited them. Being a great coach is very much also about having great talent. And it was much harder to have great talent back in the days that Marty Schottenheimer was coaching than it is now. Andy Reid has control over his roster. He makes the final decision, not Brett Veach. I know people give Brett Veach a lot of crap for decisions made, but Andy's the one that calls the shots. 
He ain't taking a job here in Kansas, especially because he was the player personnel guy in Philly. He ain't taking a job anywhere where he doesn't have control over the personnel. He's the reason why the Scott Pioli got fired. I guarantee you that Clark Hunt, if not for Andy Reid, probably would have done the best he could to keep Scott Pioli because he really liked Pioli. And when Andy Reid was like, yeah, nah, can't work with him, Pioli was out of town. Andy has control of this roster and probably maybe the first coach in team history, aside from maybe like Frank uh, Hank Stram. I'm not sure about the, the power dynamics back when Stram was the head coach, but he may be the first coach that really had player personnel control. Marty Schottenheimer was at the mercy of Carl Peterson. Carl Peterson was the one that was making the decisions there. Dick Vermeil was at the mercy of Carl Peterson. And Peterson did make some really great moves, had some really great draft picks, but he also had some bad decisions that hurt this team. He's the one that chose to stick with Elvis Gerbach instead of sticking, instead of keeping Rich Gannon as a starting quarterback. He's the one that decided that there were certain players that he didn't want to pay. He didn't want to keep these guys on the roster. He's the one that traded away Jared Allen to Minnesota. He made decisions that ultimately did end up hurting this team and hurting the coaches that were there with him. When you are a head coach and you don't have control of your roster, you're at the mercy of what your general manager is doing. And especially pre-free agency. Because free agency, I think, began in 1992. So let's say you're a head coach that was coaching in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, and you didn't hit on all your draft picks. Or another team hit on their draft picks way better than you did. There wasn't no free agency where you could bolster your roster up. You had to trade for guys or you had to hope that you just drafted better next year. That's why all like that myth that, oh, well, players, uh, you know, back in the old days, players used to stick with their teams throughout their entire careers. Well, that was because they had no choice unless they got traded or unless the team released them from their contract. They weren't going to go from team to team. They had to stick with the team that, that, that had their rights. So the teams like the Steelers from the 70s, those guys didn't have a choice. They had to stick with where they were. And that meant that coaches like Chuck Knoll looked a lot better than what they were. Guys like Tom Landry looked a lot better than what they were because they didn't have to worry about losing players to free agency. They didn't have to worry about paying their guys more money after they have success. You were gonna, If you wanted to play football, you had to take what Tom Landry was willing to give you. It's different now. Now there is free agency to worry about. And coaches didn't start getting power until recently. To me, if you're a coach that had sustained success, and Schottenheimer had sustained success in many different places. You know, when he was in Cleveland, they had deep playoff runs with him. When he was in Kansas City, they had playoff runs with him. They were one of the best teams of the 90s. When he was with the Chargers, they had playoff runs. They were one of the best teams during that time period. Great offense there. And he just, he, he ran into a team like the Patriots who was better during that time period. To me, that shouldn't bar him from the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he didn't win any Super Bowls. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't even coach in any Super Bowls. He had issues with getting past the, the Titans of the, of the league back in the day. He had issues getting past the Broncos, getting past the Bills, getting past the Patriots when he was with the Chargers. 
It happens. Dan Reeves played against so he coached against some great teams when he was losing. When they lost their Super Bowls, it was against the 49ers. It was against Washington. It was against the Giants. So Bill Parcells, Joe Gibbs, and um at that point it was was it Seifert that was the the head coach at that time when when they got Molly Watt by the Niners I think it was Seifert like you had some titans at that point you were playing against the 49ers and they got whooped by the 49ers and then when Reeves went to Atlanta he was playing against his old quarterback in in uh John Elway he's playing against well, a guy who probably is going to be in the Hall of Fame, and Mike Shanahan, who's coaching against a guy in Mike Shanahan, who's probably going to be in the Hall of Fame. Four Super Bowls is hard to go to. There are already guys in the Hall of Fame who haven't won Super Bowls, but have coached in multiple ones, like George Allen, like um, Marv Levy, like Bud Grant. Those guys got in because they built a legacy of winning. And I think if you build a legacy of winning, if you show that you can turn around franchises and get them to a point where they're competitive over an extended period of time, you should get in. Schottenheimer did that for a long time. Dan Reeves did it for a long time. Got two different franchises to the Super Bowl. I understand that it's, it's easier for us to just create that barrier of entry with the Hall of Fame, but there are a lot of really talented coaches that should be in. Andy Reid shouldn't have had to one win a Super Bowl in 2019 to get into the Hall of Fame. He was more than worthy, especially what he what he did with Philly and with the Chiefs. He was more than worthy. So I I just feel like Coach Vermeil was on point when he talks about these coaches that aren't in the Hall of Fame that should get in. There are a lot of talented guys who had a great impact on a lot of different players that aren't getting their just due. And it's sad because Dan Reeves and Marty Schottenheimer both passed away within the last few years, and they're not going to get their shine like they deserve because of this artificial barrier to entry. Coming up next, I give you who I believe are the winners and losers in Chiefs training camp after two weeks. Make sure you're listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Free day around 11 o'clock to Cody and Gold. Speaking of Chiefs wide receiver Sky Moore, okay, so he made a comment like the second day of practice, <laughs> so I'm not going to ignore it. I think you wear the shortest shorts on the team. Yeah, Is that yeah, because yeah. regular pants don't fit you, or no. because you just like the short shorts? I just, I feel, I feel fast. I feel fast when when I pull them up. I just feel real fast. I don't know what it is. It's just I gotta have my legs up. Your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, six ten Sports Radio. Is this Grateful Dead? Yeah, that's some Grateful Dead for you. Okay. You don't love it? It's all right. It's all right. I like this kind of bluesy, a little bluesy. I used to listen to a lot of blues growing up. My oh, dad, okay. There you my go. My dad's a big blues fan. So gotcha. I like it. Well, ask him about the Grateful Dead. Maybe he can give you a better tutorial than I will be able to in the three hours we have together. <laughs> well, now, an hour and 40 minutes. An hour, we got an hour, yeah, we have a little less than an hour 40 now because uh, Vern cut into us a little bit. And who's even counting? Yeah, who's counting? If you needed an update on this on this New York Giants, uh, New England Patriots uh, game here on uh, NFL Network, 10-7 in favor of the Giants. I'm, I'm sure Binkley's listening, and I'm sure Binkley's watching this game. So uh, if you needed an update here, that's, that's where it's at. Do you happen to know, Chris, what channel NFL Network is? It because is. I would prefer not to watch the Little League World Series. <laughs> I appreciate what these kids are doing, <laughs> but not as exciting it's, as it's preseason football. Channel 310 here. Ah, perfect. 310. No, I, I do. You know what's funny? When I was a kid, when I was like the age of those kids on the, uh, on the Little League World Series, I used to watch the hell out of it. I watched it all the time. I was like, really? man, I wish I could do that. Not anymore. Not anymore. You actually watched it when you were a kid, though? Yeah, I watched it when I was a kid because it would be like they'd have it on like ABC on the weekends. Like mm. you get your little Sunday, nothing else going on because it's August. So let's play some Little League World Series on ABC. You, you were just talking about golf, though. There's always golf on Sunday. Yeah, I didn't watch golf. I don't. Only time I turn golf on is to take a nap. <laughs> You're not an EPL guy. I I like so I'm a big soccer. I'm a Real Madrid fan. So, ah, yeah. So you you're know. you're a Spanish yeah. Premier League yeah, La Liga I, fan. Yeah, I'll 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 tune in to EPL games if they're on TV. But they didn't start like really getting put on television until like the last few years. Mm. So like yeah, I'll like I'll like check out like Man U or Man City if they're well, on. You know, I'll Chelsea maybe. Yeah, I'll watch a little Chelsea. There's a lot. Are you a Chelsea fan? Of course. You're a Chelsea. There, there's so many Chelsea fans here. It's it's you. Fast talking, Rob. Rob. Dusty's a Chelsea fan. Oh, Dusty. I think. I'm pretty sure Grant is a Chelsea fan, too. I don't know okay. what the hell it is about Chelsea, but y'all really like Chelsea, so. A lot of it is because Christian Pulisic actually plays for them now. One of okay. the best that makes U.S. Sense. men's national team players. 
I've been a long-suffering Chelsea fan, and by suffering, I mean they won a lot, so not really <laughs> suffering at all. But I love Didier Drogba, arguably one of the best strikers of all time. Yeah. So I've been watching him for 15 years. I remember they would have, like, the rivalry match. Like, they would have matchups all the time on television, like, way, like, 15, almost 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, them and, like, Arsenal would play. Like, they would have those games on TV a lot. Yeah, the Gooners. Yeah. And uh, I don't – is that a <laughs> – what is the, it? the Arsenal Gooners. Oh, is that what they're yeah. called? My brother, like for instance, my brother-in-law's a Man U fan, so we've had many heated exchanges over uh, Chelsea versus Man U matches. Yeah. And by heated exchanges, I mean we just watched the match. Yeah, yeah, that's about right. No, they get crazy over there. They in Europe, do. Though. They do. They get crazy. We do not. Over there. We're Americans, so we just sit and watch the match. And go. All right, yeah, that we'll, seem cool. We'll get crazy about football. We're not going. Or maybe even, <laughs> maybe even a little college basketball. We're not going to get crazy about no soccer. Either. No. I, I will say this though. I have seen near fights at at uh, sporting games back when they were the Wizards. I saw some like Chivas USA fans and the Wizards fans almost get into fight at Arrowhead. Sure. That was entertaining. If you haven't almost seen a, uh, a fight at a sporting event, I don't feel like you're doing it right because almost every sporting event that I've been to, even within like recent memory, I'm like, I feel like that is about to be a brawl right there. Yeah. No. And I enjoy sports fights. I enjoy seeing fans fight, players fight, even really? coaches fight. That's really? fun. Yeah. I love it. I think it's great. Why don't you just watch boxing? I do watch boxing. Actually. Oh, okay. Well, there you go, then. I love boxing. I love MMA. Um, I'm. Uh, I've been. I've been. Like whenever they have like the the um, top rank boxing on ESPN, I'll I'll tune into it every now and then. I'll turn it on when I'm working, working from home. So yeah, I I I all types of fights I will watch. I'll watch world star fight videos, like any type of fight. You know, I'm watching it. So I want to get into who my winners and losers are from training camp two weeks in. I was at training camp on Tuesday, and uh, so it's the second time I've been to, to camp now. Some big standout guys. Uh, first and foremost, Juju Smith-Schuster is the winner of camp. That man, like, we had our doubts about him, and rightfully so, because injuries and whatnot. And in, like, mini camp, he looked all right, but didn't really stand out like MVS did. Man, Juju looks so good in training camp. Every, I mean, on th- on Tuesday when I was out there in, in St. Joe, he made so many plays, just one-on-ones. You know, Mahomes is like throwing fade routes into the back corner. He's just winning it over, over. I think it was Jalen Watson who he uh, who he was able to just jump right over and 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 snag a touchdown from. There was just so many instances I've seen of him in camp thus far, whether it be uh, you know in person or. On Twitter, people recording videos and whatnot, which you know, you're not supposed to do that, but you know, yeah, it is what it is. People break the rules. I have enjoyed watching Chuju thus far, and I I'm pretty confident he's gonna be a thousand yard receiver this year. Pretty confident that Juju's gonna be the guy. Sky Moore is my other is another big winner there. Sky Moore has I I think number two receiver. Certainly, is, he's not going to be the guy right now at number two. MVS is going to get that role. I, I talked about this last hour. Andy is one of those guys that doesn't like to give rookies those spots immediately. He likes to ease people in. Don't put too much pressure on the young guy. It's the reason why Patrick Mahomes wasn't the starter in 2017, even though he was better than Alex Smith, because Andy didn't want to put him in a position that he wasn't ready for. I'm going to tell you this right now. Sky Moore, from the way he's looked in camp, could be the number two receiver right now. He is 
so skilled. He's a really good route runner. He's got great hands. I think he could absolutely crack this starting lineup at some point this year. And he's a very, very big winner thus far. Another big winner, someone that we had some question marks about, Orlando Brown Jr. Orlando Brown Jr. came into camp, and there was some concerns about him. He didn't sign his franchise tag when it was offered to him. He waited a week, waited so the pads came on. And when he showed up, he was lighter, he was stronger, he was faster, and he has looked excellent in camp. Uh, This year, he looks like the kind of player, if his play, if he plays the way that he has practiced in training camp this year, he looks like a guy that could get 23 to 25 million. But the Chiefs were like, yeah, we're not going to do that right now because you're not worth that money. But Orlando Brown Jr., if he continues to play the way that he has practiced, he absolutely will be a guy worth the kind of money that he's asking for right now. Another guy is George Karloftis. I talked about this last hour. Karloftis has been one of the big stories in camp. He has not gotten a ton of time with the ones, but he has certainly done a great job with the limited opportunities that he's had. And uh, he has gotten a... You can you can tell he's they're like all those guys on the defensive line are working with him. They're they're teaching him. They're trying to improve him. And he's got this great motor. You hear like I was reading uh, an article on Arrowhead Pride talking about how the guy's like a sponge and he's just talking to the coaches, the players, asking all kinds of questions. He just from a character standpoint has everything that you want in a a, a young player who has the potential to be great. He very much seems like he has the will to be great. And that right there is a big part of the battle of becoming a great player, is wanting to become a great player and putting in the effort from the mental side to do so. So he's been a big winner. And then finally, my final winner from training camp, Frank Clark. Frank Clark, He now I, I know that he did have some, uh, he's got some issues again, he's sick. So he did not practice today, but Frank, he has been, he's lighter. He's faster. Doesn't look like he's taken much of a, of a strength drop off, even though he's lost probably like 10, 15 pounds, something like that. But he, he, he looks in really good shape. He absolutely, it just feels like Frank's in a, in a much better place than what he's been the last few years. And one of the important things about that is that, he has taken it upon himself to be one of the big leaders for the young guys on that defense. If you've been paying attention to media that have been at training camp, he has been very much tutoring these young guys after practice, showing them different moves that they can run. George Karloftis has been his biggest student. And he has been teaching George a lot of different kind of moves to run. It's been one of the common things. You'll see them when they do like the the 11 on 11 uh, drills and whatnot. After those drills, Frank will take George aside and say, here's what you did wrong or here's how to do this. Here's how to approach this situation. He doesn't have to do that. That man could be looking at that situation and be like, that guy is my my replacement. I ain't got to teach him a damn thing. Go learn somewhere else. And I think he'd be perfectly fine with that. We just saw that with Ryan Tannehill, where the Titans drafted Malik Willis, 
And Ryan Tannehill's like, it ain't my job to teach him how to be an NFL quarterback. He's well within his right to do that. Frank Clark, though, is like, nope, I'm going to be a leader. I'm going to teach this guy how to, how to play well because if he plays well, this team wins. And I, I say that I got to respect the hell out of that approach from Frank Clark. And I'd say with that approach and with the fact that he looks healthier than he's been in his time at Kansas City, he's a really, really big winner thus far in training camp. I'll get to losers, uh, the losers I, I think that we have seen in training camp um, later on in the show, but coming up next, I tell you who I tell you the reason why I think that Deshaun Watson cannot win in this appeal that is set up there. Back in here on the night shift. 610 Sports Radio, the Odyssey app. This is probably your best one of the best one of the night, Jed. I really like this one. I thought you liked the Jake One hip hop that I played earlier. No, I like this one. This you one, like Mo? This, this one's nice. I don't even know what that is, but I like that one. It's Mo. They're a band really from nice. Buffalo. <laughs> you, you, I, I know. I'm gonna so, create you a mixtape. Are you gonna create me a mixtape, huh? Mm-hmm. Classic style. Just I like, don't know if those are classics. Take like one shit of, classics. Take one of the take one of the old like uh, the old CDs, like the the basic CDs. You just write like you know something like summer mix twenty twenty two on to it. Chris, <laughs> sincerely, Jeff. <laughs> so uh, I, I want to get into the Deshaun Watson situation here. This is going to be um, news for a while, especially until uh, until the in, NFL like puts out. It's appealed ruling because last week came down Sue L. Robinson, um, who is a independent arbitrator, if you will, for that the league appointed the league and the NFLPA appointed to hand out the punishment to Deshaun Watson for being sued 25 times for sexual assault by uh, different uh, massage therapists. Last Monday, she came out, handed out a six-game suspension for him. And uh, look, league was pissed. Most of us were pissed because it doesn't, it's not a punishment that fits the crime, fits the alleged crime. And um, yeah, so the league had three days to appeal. They appealed last Tuesday. I mean, last last Wednesday. And uh, they kind of stacked it in their favor. They uh, got some big wig who uses uh, his middle name in as part of his name. And uh, this guy is ex New Jersey attorney general. He's prosecuted rape cases and sexual harassment cases and whatnot. So he's basically the final boss for Deshaun Watson. And uh, this ain't going to be a, a, a good time for him in this, in this appeal situation here. And, Roger Goodell came out, uh, I believe this was yesterday, and talked about what he believes is a fair punishment for the Browns quarterback. Well, as you know, it's part of the CBA. Uh, the, the two parties had that right. Uh, either party could, uh, could uh, certainly challenge uh, and appeal that, and that was something that we thought was our right to do as well as the NFLPS and we decided it was the right thing to do. Why go back to seeking the full year suspension? Uh, because we've seen the evidence. She was very clear about the evidence. Uh, she reinforced the evidence uh, that there was uh, multiple violations here and they were egregious. 
and it was predatory behavior. That's, those are things that we felt, um, we always felt were really important for us to address in a way that's responsible. So, yeah, like Goodell basically laid out the case and whatnot. And I, I talked about this last week. The NFL has painted themselves into a corner with this situation because they have mishandled so many instances of player misconduct in the past that they have to be severe. It was a story a few years ago with players who were committing domestic violence like Ray Rice. And because of so many issues involving your player conduct, you had to get severe with your punishments for him. And it really has kind of shined a light on the NFL's process with punishing player misconduct and how it, I mean, it's kind of a lose-lose situation for the NFL because if Roger Goodell's the one that hands out the punishment, then players are like, oh, this isn't fair that the, the commissioner of the league is basically just trying to save the league's face here. And if they do what they just did and have a third party be the one to dole out the punishment and the punishment is not enough to appease the league, appease fans, appease the media, then they look bad as well. So this is kind of a situation where the league has to kind of pick the lesser of two evils. And the lesser of two evils is appearing as if you care more about saving face than anything. Because I think you would much rather be a league that cares more about punishing heavily player misconduct based off of public perception than punishing players because then letting a, a punishment that doesn't really fit what the media and what fans believe is worth, you know, is is fitting the the crime. I think you would much rather have the the former, the being too harsh and kind of reacting to public sentiment than, than, the, than the opposite of that. You would much rather be too harsh than not harsh enough. And I think that's the reason why if I were the NFL, and I think the, the NFL is going to do this, they're going to do whatever they can in their power to make sure Deshaun Watson doesn't play this year. And that's why there's just no reason, no chance that Deshaun, I mean, after the preseason, is going to play it down in this league. Goodell basically said, yeah, full year, and they're probably going to do a hefty fine too because the big narrative is going to be, oh, well, it's only $1 million of base salary, so he's not going to lose that much money. They're going to go out of their way to make sure that he loses a lot of money. But that brings me to another wrinkle in this story, which is that the Cleveland Browns are planning on playing Deshaun Watson tomorrow night in their first preseason game. Now, I think that's a really bad look for the Browns. I understand for them, they're trying to keep the image of, hey, we're trying to make it seem as if we believe in our guy and we we trust that he didn't do anything wrong and the punishment isn't fair and all that jazz. You want to... You want to show that you're down for your guy. But there's also a big PR problem with this. And the Browns aren't going to come out looking too good in this whole situation. They didn't look good when as soon as the uh, 
police in the Houston area came out and said, yeah, we're not going to charge him. We don't really have enough evidence. Immediately, they started jumping in the DMs for the Houston Texans and trying to make this trade. Now, then they make that trade and they get their guy and immediately they're, you know, you're hearing all the hype. They're trying to normalize Deshaun Watson as their starting quarterback. And the NFL realized that this was a PR disaster. And so they immediately began the whole process of trying to hand out a suspension for him. If you're the Browns, and look, the Browns know that he's not going to play this year. They, they know it. They know that a, year, a full year is probably going to happen. And we know that because of his contract, because he's not really getting paid a whole lot this coming season, in, in, at least in terms of base salary. He's got a pretty, pretty decent signing bonus, but they, they're not going to take that away uh, this, from him this year because you're not, gonna get, you're not missing game checks with that. At the end of the day, if you are the Browns, you don't want this guy right now to be out there representing your franchise when the story is so fresh. Keep him away from the organization. Do virtual meetings online. Have him work out at some facility in Texas or, you know, wherever the hell he's going to be working out at. You know, if you've got some local ones there in Ohio, do that. Keep him out of the spotlight. Because the best thing you can hope for is that this story goes on the back burner for a year and then when he comes back next year, it ain't as big of a story as it was before. It's still going to get talked about. We, we know it here because of what happened with Tyreek Hill. It, it's, there's always going to be people talking about that, that story there. But if you're the Browns and you know a guy's about to get suspended for a year because of lawsuits for sexual assault, probably don't want that guy representing you at that time. Maybe present him as a, a reformed guy, someone that did their punishment, that learned from their conduct, and is a better person for it. You do that, you might have some success at being able to convince people that that, that happened. But if you go out here and act as if he did nothing wrong, all you're doing is looking like an enabler instead of an organization that's trying to help rehab the image of someone that has been accused of some pretty heinous things. This isn't a good situation for the Browns right now from a PR standpoint. And the more that they try to support him in this, the worse that they're going to look. So I think that this is a, a bad idea for them to play him, keep him out of the spotlight, wait until punishment uh, gets handed out by the new final boss that the NFL handed out and then deal with what happens later. But I think it's a bad idea for them to to throw him out there tomorrow night in playing meaningless games that aren't going to help the team at all. Coming up next, I tell you who I think the uh, biggest losers thus far two weeks into Chiefs training camp. Hey, it's Josh Klingler, defending 610 Survivor League champ. That's right. 610 Sports Radio, the Odyssey app. So about 20 minutes ago, I gave you who I think my winners are for uh, for training camp two weeks in. And now I want to get to the guys who I think are slipping a little bit, falling a little bit. The, uh, the losers here in training camp thus far. And I, I got to start with uh, a guy that... I talked about in uh, the last hour with uh, with Ron Cop, a guy who has not 
performed the way that I think even the Chiefs, like, and I think the Chiefs are really rooting for this guy to to make this team. And, and that guy's name is Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon has not performed the way that I think anybody was hoping for. He was really good in minicamp, catching everything, making a lot of big plays. And thus far in training camp, he really hasn't been anything special. You can definitely see that he's a talented guy. And he's a guy that I, I wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly believe this. And, and Ron said this um, in the last hour, that the Chiefs have to be rooting for this guy to make the team because uh, we've seen that he can be a special talent in his career. Uh, BS marijuana policies by the league has resulted in him having to miss like 78 games due to suspension. But Gordon is someone that could be a difference maker for this team, but for some reason he's just not bringing it this year in training camp. He's dropping a lot of passes and he hasn't been like he hasn't been like the most spectacular player overall. I, I just feel like this team is going to try to give him every opportunity to make the team. So they'll certainly give him a, a lot of snaps, I think, on Saturday and the week after that. But, man, I just I don't feel like this is his year. And, you know, considering his age, or his early 30s, this, this might be it for him as a chief. Another guy I think that has disappointed has been McCole Hardman. McCole is... Again, and I've said this many times, I believe he's the most talented wide receiver on this roster, just from a physical standpoint. But Juju is a much more refined player. MVS is more refined. Sky Moore is more refined. And it's disappointing because he has so much talent, so much ability, and he really has looked like nothing more than what he's looked like throughout the entirety of his Chiefs career. And certainly the Chiefs are going to have some scripted plays for him to get the ball and make plays because with his speed and agility, he can hit home runs. But he's he's not your proverbial every down player. He's not a guy that's going to be in there who's going to line up wide and and you know run complex routes and make great catches you know he's he's shown the ability to do that sometimes but he's not he's not the the every the everyday player that you would like him to be with with someone with his talent so it's very disappointing that he hasn't stood out with that with that um physical profile and then finally Ronald Jones I hear a lot about Ronald Jones and his ability to be a power runner and whatnot. Can't pass protect. Can't catch passes. And if you can't do those things in Andy Reid's offense, it's going to be hard. He'll make the team if they keep four. But I don't know if they're going to keep four guys at in that in that offensive backfield there. So kind of feel like he might be uh, he might be on the outs there. They might try to trade him like they did Carlos Hyde. Coming up next. I tell you why I am worried about the future of the running back position. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t